0: How Education Can Be Improved to Disrupt the Status Quo of Healthcare Education. This is our journey, and thanks for listening. Are you a third-year physical therapy student that excels on tests when you have study guides, checklists, and deadlines? With all of the information available about how to prepare for the NPTE, it's easy to get disorganized and not feel prepared going into the big day. NPTE Prep Success is an online course that provides PT students easy to use study guides and step by step guidance through the NPTE preparation. To learn more, visit KyleRicePrep.com. Thank you again, all, for your continued support, and now for the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Wyrock, and I am very excited to say that today's episode is kind of a joint venture between the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast and St. Catharines University Physical Therapist Assistant Program. I am especially delighted to be joined by my colleague and my very good friend, Alicia Backer from, from Rehab Authority in Thiever Falls, Minnesota. So Alicia has been a PTA for nearly 10 years, and she served as a, the clinical administrator for Rehab Authority in Thief River Falls, Minnesota, since it opened in 2014. She graduated as a physical therapist assistant from Northland Community and Technical College in 2010. And while she works in a rural outpatient private practice, Alicia does specialize in injury prevention programs for athletes and leads her clinics programs in leadership development and mentorship. She also used to work with me when I worked at Rehab Authority. So the kind of the theme for this episode is we're going to be talking about PTA leadership. And one of the reasons why I asked Alicia to kind of be a part of this is because Alicia is probably one of the best leaders that I know. And I've really admired her all throughout my career, especially as a young clinician. I didn't really know what PTAs did or how to utilize them because I never really had that opportunity as a physical therapist on my clinicals. And Alicia really has taught me everything that I feel like I know about the PTA. So thank you so much, Alicia, for everything that you've done for the profession, for me. And thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you on.
2: Well, thank you, Stephanie, for inviting me to be a part of this. Um, Forgive my voice. It's still returning after a long, nasty, northern Minnesota cold. So I'll do the best I can, and hopefully I don't crack as we go through this.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to work.
2: Um, yeah, well, I'm first I'm very excited to talk about two of my favorite things, which would be physical therapy and leadership. I'm very passionate about both of them. Uh, Stephanie said earlier, I work as a PTA and a clinic administrator here in rural Northwestern Minnesota. I'm also a mom. I have three stepkids and two kids of my own at home, which keeps me very busy outside of work. I am also a coach. I coach a junior college here in Thief River Falls, and I also help coach my daughter's sixth grade basketball team. And I love to shop, exercise, and I love the outdoors. When Minnesota weather allows us to be out there.
1: Uh, Which in wintertime is not very often, at least. Yeah, right, right.
2: Mm -hmm especially this year.
1: Uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your career. I kind of covered a little bit of it, but tell us about kind of where you started and a little bit how, you, what led you to become a clinic administrator? Because that's a leadership position.
2: Yeah, correct. Going way back, I guess in 2010, when I graduated from Northland, I worked in an outpatient private practice setting, which was also a combined clinic for chiropractic. So I was both the Chiropractic assistant and the PT assistant. And going into that position, I was obviously right out of school and I was very naive at what my expectations were going to be. I was good friends with the physical therapist that I was working underneath. And although she was a great therapist, she wasn't a great mentor. And so I didn't really develop a lot as far as my clinical skill set or my leadership skill set. And my first three years out of college, but by having that experience, it did really give me a good all with look looking back from where I am now to kind of see the journey that I came through. To make me what I have been or what I am today. Um, so after working there for about three years, I moved back to where my roots are here close to the River falls Minnesota And I worked with Kim, who is my current boss and the rehab director here at Rehab Authority at an outpatient hospital setting where Kim was a very busy therapist. He was sought after therapist. So our schedules were both very busy. And after only about a year and a half of working together there, he decided he wanted more. And he wanted more for himself and for his patients. As he was kind of getting burnt out in that kind of institutionalized setting, he decided to open his own private practice here in the same town and asked me to go with him on the journey. So five years ago when we came over here, it was just Kim and myself. Uh, We were gonna plan on hiring more staff as needed as our schedules started to fill up and we would get busy with patients. We started off with a bang and needed help right away. And so after about six months, Kim was the rehab director and the clinic administrator. And he realized after that amount of time that He couldn't do it all himself, and so he asked me if I would accept the clinic administrator position,
1: and of course, I said yes. And tell me, tell us what your duties are as clinic administrator. So at Rehab Authority, we have FOCs
2: or front office coordinators, they're called, and so those are our people up front that are in charge of the scheduling, the insurance verifications, and all that busy office work, and so my job was kind of to oversee that. To kind of be the buffer between Kim and a lot of duties that he didn't necessarily have to worry about within the clinic and with um, employees, helping our our culture kind of mesh, and that's kind of how it's remained: is just making sure that everything in the front office is running smoothly and everything on the floor is running smoothly.
1: So you originally got this leadership position because Kim knew he couldn't do it all. He needed somebody to step up and kind of take the reins in maybe some of the Job duties that he didn't really enjoy. So it sounds like you were kind of thrust in this leadership position unexpectedly. And now you've been in this position for, let's see, what year is it? 2019, for four, for what, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how you have developed your leadership skills and just kind of your overall leadership journey with this kind of formal position and how that's maybe affected um, some of the informalities of your leadership.
2: When I initially was offered the position I was very excited as most people would be but looking back I was really more excited about the title from the start I was just super excited that I was getting a promotion and that this was going to be an administrative position and I was going to be able to utilize some of my leadership skills that I really hadn't done up until that point at least I had realized I had done and so it wasn't until many months following that I really started to write the journey of managing and more so leading and mentoring um, anywhere from our employees to our students to our front office and support staff. It became more of a growing our clinic culture. And here at Rehab Authority, we highly emphasize clinic culture and enhancing the patient experience by providing really good patient-centered care. And to do that, you need to have the right people. Right, people in our clinic that are good for our patients, but just also good for each other. And so that's when I really started to realize how much leadership meant to me and how important mentoring was to me and how I wanted to continue to grow as a professional
1: and and as an
2: administrator.
1: What about as far as your um, not only skills as as a clinic administrator, but as a PTA? You keep bringing up this word, Alicia mentorship that, you know, at your first job, you you didn't really have a great mentor. And now you've kind of developed, you a you felt like you found this great mentorship that has helped you develop into leader. Um, tell us what that means and kind of what your experience with mentorship has been and how that's played into your ability to become a physical therapist assistant leader. Yeah,
2: well, coming out of school, I didn't realize the importance of mentorship, really what What it was. I mean, I knew that I had mentors, but I didn't realize when I got into the profession how much, how how important that was going to continue to be. And so when I was hired as Kim, who is, like I said, my current boss and the rehab director of our clinic here, he took me under his wing and wanted me to be the best clinician that I could be. And so without even really having a plan of mentorship, he, as a natural born leader and a very good teacher, showed me the clinician that I could be that I, I wasn't aware of was possible. And so it kind of more started out as clinical skill sets techniques, and it kind of evolved more into now people and helping mentor me in leading people and me mentoring him in return in leading people. And we kind of really, we worked really good as a team together. And I, I love mentoring. I love students. I love the big things and the small things of mentoring somebody, whether it's teaching them, of the the basic flow of our clinic to how to how to harvest a great PT-PTA relationship to the front office coordinators enhancing the patient experience from the, the get-go and so just everything as a whole is just I really learned from my experience and from having great mentors myself and partners in physical therapy how, how to do this and just how to really help other people grow and make other people aware of the importance of it, the rewards that that you get from being a mentor.
1: So it sounds like, you know, a lot of the growth that you've had has been through specifically, Kim, as your physical therapist, as the physical therapist that basically you worked with on a daily basis at the hospital that you started with, gradually developing more into a, almost like a friendship. Would you say that that's kind of a... Uh, uh, an important thing that physical therapist assistant students should be looking out for when they go out for their first job is looking for somebody that is going to teach them not only clinically, but also in some of the, what we say, soft skills, you know, developing relationships, giving a good patient experience. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Absolutely. It's
2: extremely
1: important to
2: find somebody that is willing to take the time to spend to get to know you son not just as a clinician and and also to help you grow to their expectations and so you can share mutually you know you you set goals and you need to know what their expectations are and they also need to know what yours are and what your passions are and have somebody that's very open to letting you excel in the area that you're passionate about like like stephanie said earlier i'm very passionate about athletes and return to performance type work and so kim really allows and stephanie when i worked with her or worked with you uh we we worked together knowing that okay a patient came in and and stephanie had her her skill set and Kim had his skill set, but they both knew if it came to an athlete or return to performance type stuff that they would let me do that. And that, that meant the world to me. And finding somebody like that and seeking out that mentorship from the right person is extremely important.
1: So another aspect of a clinic being a, uh, just is having a vision, having a vision for the people that you work with and for the people that are following you. How do you see yourself or your clinic advancing APTA's vision in terms of transforming society? And that can be through community engagement, through advocacy, what's kind of your thoughts on how Rehab Authority and Alicia Backer are transforming society?
2: Well, it's funny that you, Stephanie, asked me that question because when we started working together a few years back, I was not a member of the APTA. I honestly didn't know a lot about it I didn't have a lot of interest in it at that time. And when Stephanie started working in River Falls, she quickly showed her passion in the APTA and advocating for our patients. And I was very naive in my thinking that having a small voice from rural Northwestern Minnesota would make any difference in the grand scheme of things. And I, I found out very quickly that I was wrong, very wrong. And so she taught me a lot about what the APTA did and how important it was to be active and advocate for our patients and how to do so. So I joined the APTA three years ago and I think our clinic plays a huge role in community engagement. We in Thief River Falls thrive off of our community relationships and our community involvement. We have a lot of events that we do throughout the year and a lot of things that we're a part of as a clinic um just a couple of examples we have a friends and family day in the summer we hold 5k race in the summer we have booths at wellness fairs at local businesses and we do numerous talks with we've hosted events here at our clinic for the chamber and also lunch and learns so there's just all kinds of different things that you can do within your community to help grow awareness for your profession without really getting out there and saying hey this is what pt is but more so like getting yourself out there and people get curious. What is it that you do and how can you help me? And so it's, it's not like you're out there having to sell yourself. It just, it comes more naturally because people are interested when they see that you're passionate about something.
1: Well, and it's interesting that you say those because, you know, one of the things I think Rehab Authority has done really well in Thief River Falls is basically changing the, how active people in the community are just in general. I mean, uh, so, for those of you who aren't familiar with the community, Thief River Falls, Minnesota, is a community of about eight thousand. It's very—it's a small town by probably many of your standards, but there is a huge factory within the town uh, called. Uh, there's a huge factory within within the town that employs most of the town, and they've actually have come to, to rehab authority to implement a program to improve um, mobility in. people that work for them. So basically Rehab Authority, Alicia and Kim and and me at the time implemented a program where we brought in a stretching routine and that stretching routine ended up helping the community, helping healthcare costs for that specific company. And I think that that's an amazing example of not shouting from the rooftops what PT is, but the potential that physical therapists and physical therapist assistants can have in a community and in transforming society. And in this case, society would be the town of Thorough Falls.
2: Yeah. And, and even just little things that you did when you hear that I've kind of carried on as you've left, you know, with, with different policies within the APTA, within our, our state governance, just things that are being talked about right now is really educating our patients on it here in the river. Like I said, we're, super tiny. We're up in the northwestern corner. We're about five, five and a half hours from Minneapolis. And realizing how interested our patients are in those topics when we when we bring them up or we put something up on our board or on our front counter, just kind of educating them on, on what's happening at yeah, the Capitol and at a state level.
1: And I think that, you know, that's something that maybe we take advantage of as clinicians is that we forget that we're, least, you know, even though you may not be a physical therapist assistant leader right now, like Alicia is with a formal position, you know, making decisions about a business, every day when you're treating a patient, whether you're a physical therapist assistant or a physical therapist, you are leading patients to a vision that you have for their future and then helping them, helping guide them to see that vision. So with that in mind, Alicia, what do you think are some important qualities that today's PTA needs to have? in order to be a successful practitioner and a successful leader?
2: You definitely need to be, first and foremost, accountable. You, your PT and your coworkers or your employees need, and your patients, of course, need to be able to count on you, and you need to be reliable to them and their needs. You need to be a great communicator. Obviously, we know that as clinicians, not just with our patients, but with our peers, Kim and I have a great relationship. We're kind of clones of each other um, in the best of ways. And we, we demonstrate this and we continue to, to do this even after working together now for seven years. So you definitely need to be able to communicate. You need to be approachable, especially as a leader within our clinic. Being the clinic administrator, I feel like I am approachable and that employees feel comfortable coming to me with questions or concerns, issues that they might have, whether it's big or small. They trust me, and with that, small fires don't don't uh, grow into large ones. We deal with things at a clinic level if they if problems arise. And I think one of the biggest things, and I I didn't really realize this, and I wouldn't have wouldn't have said that this was one of my characteristics if somebody would have asked me this ten years ago. You really have to be open-minded and have the ability to self-reflect because if you surround yourself with people that believe in you, like I have been blessed with, Kim and Stephanie, they pushed me out of my comfort zones and made me more open to being a member of the APTA and even speaking at national conference with Stephanie and with Kim, things that I never would imagine doing five years ago. And as a leader, you need to be able to be uncomfortable and you can't, can't be afraid to fail. You just need to let yourself get out there. And that's something that I continue to struggle with. It's never easy putting yourself out there, but the rewards are just tenfold. So I'm, I'm thankful for Stephanie for that, especially.
1: I think uh, the famous saying is, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. The saying that I've heard many of my mentors say, what, you know, what other opportunities exist for their persistence for leadership? What are some um, leadership positions or leadership opportunities that you are aware of, or that you can tell any PTA student listening to this uh, interview today about?
2: Yeah, they're just, there's so many and I really had no idea until I started experiencing them myself. Um, there's, I'll just name some off that I've been a part of. Uh, I'm a clinical instructor. I have several PT and PTA students that come through our clinic in a year and clinic manage, I'm management. I'm obviously the clinic administrator here. You can speak to community organizations on various topic topics at Conferences at the community level, state level, the national level. You can teach continuing education. I actually had the opportunity. I was asked recently to to teach at a couple courses coming up in the future. Nothing has been set in stone yet, but that I mean that is puts me out of my comfort zone. But it's also a great opportunity to grow as a leader and uh, serving on committees for advocacy within the education PTAs and You know, there's just numerous opportunities within the governance of the APTA that I haven't even begun to really dabble in yet, but I'm looking forward to doing some more of that.
1: And if you guys are looking to place other PTAs, the PTA caucus is a great place. And they, and over the last few years, that has become a very powerful, energetic force. And I love surrounding myself with people who are members of that caucus because, um, you know, these are the top leaders. In uh, as physical therapist assistants, and they are helping to you know, evoke change within PT to really give the PTA a voice in the APTA. So if you're not familiar with the PTA caucus or you haven't gotten involved with the PTA caucus, I highly recommend that you uh, look them up and we can put the link on our show notes for you guys look them up and contact them and see if you can get involved. Um, they've had a lot of influence in getting measures passed at the House of Delegates. Um, there's a huge celebration for PTA the PTA celebrating I think it's the 50th anniversary of the PTA is coming up here soon. So I mean there's lots of great stuff out there that you know can help you can help you can leverage into some type of leadership. Position. Uh, position. So now we've talked a little bit about leadership. Let's talk a little bit, Alicia, about clinical experience. You know, how can physical therapist assistants continue to enhance their clinical experience or expertise so that they can be the best clinicians that they can be?
2: Well, definitely the first and foremost, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is, you know, creating or establishing a strong relationship or partnership with a PT and finding the right PT to do that with whether it be through a formal program that some clinics or institutions have, or informal, which is more of my experience, where it just you kind of you just you just talk it out and it just kind of develops and you're both open to each other's expectations and goals. And then finding a place to to practice that that really values continuing education. And I'm very blessed, rehab authority, one of our core values is that we we value the the education and with that, they are very open to sending us to courses and keeping up to date on the latest research on, on things within physical therapy and, and having a passion for that. Because even going to continuing educations, you don't just learn the content, but you make connections with other PTs, other PTAs, instructors, and it just continues to evolve into this, this relationship within the profession. And then observe, 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 observe. I remember when I started working here, um, Matt, who is from our corporate office, came out from Idaho and he spent a few days with us and and just taught me a few basic things on how to help your clinic culture really thrive. And he said, sometimes you just got to step back, step back for a couple minutes and just watch, just look at what's happening in the clinic. And it's, it's really amazing what happens when you do that and what you see because you're so busy in your patients and, and doing your notes and all the busyness within the clinic you really kind of forget to observe what other people are doing and it's just in our clinic I I brag about the culture of our clinic all the time our patients love it here and it it's really rewarding to stop and watch and even sometimes you just see things that need to maybe be improved on or change and then that's something that we bring up in our weekly staff meetings and everyone's very open and receptive to that. So watch. You can never you can never stop learning from patients, other PTs in your in your clinic, front office people, even the male people that come in. I mean there's always something to learn from somebody. Always keep your eyes
1: open. I think you make a really good point about that. You know, you know you're in a great place when even though it's already super fun and you guys are doing a great job, there's always something that can even be better. So, you know, I, I would also say and add to this, surrounding yourself with people who are very high achieving and staying away from mediocrity, especially early on in your career, is extremely important because it's really easy, especially early on, to develop bad habits and to get lazy. And I think that making sure that you find a place where you can really excel and really be pushed, like Alicia has made the point beyond your comfort zone to really be the best you can be. So with that in mind, you know, there has been some mandated changes regarding PTA reimbursement for Medicare. And these changes have some limitations with what PTAs can and can't do. Um, it includes you know, value, obviously valuations, dry needling, also, um, payment in how, you know, treatment that is delivered by a PTA will get paid. So what recommendations for, do you have for upcoming PTAs to show their value in a clinic to make up for some of these limitations that are pretty much at this point
2: out of our control? Yeah, I think this goes back to stepping on your phone and uh, being a good communicator. You need to show your value by showing, how do you show your value? Be very open talking about what your people that I work, with, they know what I'm passionate about just by watching. I love athletes, I love working um, legs, hips, knees, and they know that. And I I I've been given the label as a an achievement, but I really have noticed that I utilize them often. So you have to just really know what you're passionate about and and thrive on that and then be be willing to, to go and talk to community groups on a topic. It's never comfortable getting in front of people but the more you do it, the you realize how fun it is and the easier it gets. And so just being, being willing to, to do whatever your PT wants, your clinic needs, just to really help your clinic as a whole grow. And so a lot of these things are per se out of our control um, right now with the reimbursement that start up next year and, and how to get around some of the logistics of that with, with scheduling. And in our clinic, we are, we have four therapists here. So we have four licenses. And so we have the option of of kind of working our schedule out where there doesn't need to be any Medicare's on the PTA schedule, which isn't an ideal situation because, you know, I don't, I don't feel like it's fair that we can be told who we shouldn't see based on their insurances, but we'll just have to keep Doing the best we can. T-
1: yeah, and I think, you know, Alicia, you make a good point. You kind of keep coming back to this community aspect where, you know, don't be afraid to go out into community, especially, you know, if there's a decrease in the payment that treatment's going to be paid because it's given by a PTA. Really make yourself useful by recruiting more patients to come through your doors. And I think that that's what community involvement does, is it really allows you to build a, a, a brand and a loyal brand at that. And then additionally, making your, the lives of your team members easier so that, you know, they come to work and they're like, wow, I don't really feel like I worked that hard today because, you know, you were there to help clean a table or you were there to take over a patient because they were double booked or something something along those lines that really shows that, like, you are a part of this team, you are a value. Um, so I think that those are all really good points. So, you know, going off of that, what do you think about PT? PTA education in general. Um, I know that there's been some cha- some chatter about PTA programs transitioning to a bachelor's degree versus an associate's degree. What are your thoughts on that fu- kind of that futuristic view and also on the current view of PTA education?
2: Oh man, I have so many thoughts and feelings about this topic that I don't really even know where to start. Uh, I personally, and this is my opinion, I don't I don't agree that Transitioning the PTA program from an associates to a bachelor's is a great idea. I know that a lot of people argue the fact that PTs are now doctorates; that the education gap is just too large between PTs and PTAs. Personally, I feel that you know PTs are able to separate themselves from PTAs due to some more depth didactically and within the clinic, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. PTA education has to meet certain requirements that is required through the accreditation process that ensures competency as a clinician. I'm just not convinced that more didactic work will create or produce higher level people. I just think there's more, there's better ways or different ways to go about it, and I can elaborate on those if you'd like me to. I think there's other options to explore on more of a leadership or mentorship standpoint, which you know, as I spoke of several times earlier in this conversation, that I'm extremely passionate about, to help maximize the PT and PTA relationship. Um, I'm always a proponent of advancing the profession. Uh, I just don't think that changing the type of degree is going to make it more desirable for pu- future PT prospects. For example, increasing the student debt load without incentive of, of a higher wage is not going to make it more enticing. Why would I go to school for four years to be TA when I can go for an additional two or so to be a PT? So I'm personally, I'm just a little bit concerned that this might phase out PTAs from the profession.
1: Do you think that uh, clinical education is, um, is done well in PTA education, or what are your thoughts kind of on that realm of the PTA curriculum?
2: Yeah, I'm on uh, our local community college's PTA Advisory Committee board. Just recently, this is my first year, so I just attended my first meeting. And so I learned at last meeting a lot has changed, at least in their program at North London East Forks. They're very up to date on what is the best for their students, what's the best profession and how to find a good balance, giving them as much information as they can without overloading them. I feel like the education that I came out of school with was great, but it wasn't until I started using it in the clinic while being mentored that it really meant something. To me. I could go and spend hours and hours more in school, but until I, I have somebody help me carry out those in a different way. I just, I don't know exactly how I'm trying to say what I want to say.
1: Well, I think what I'm hearing, Alicia, is that, you know, clinical education is an important part of the PTA curriculum. And unless that clinical education is really a good experience for the student, that's going to be what makes the difference. And I think, you know, what I've seen in PTA education and what I've heard from students, as well as people who are Teaching in PTA programs is that there's a lot of times where a PTA student will go into a, a clinical affiliation, and if their mentor is a physical therapist, the mentor doesn't really know how to teach that PTA. And I think that that's some sometimes they expect the PTA to know what a PT needs to know, and that PTA doesn't necessarily need to know that. So I think making sure that physical therapists are more informed about what PTA students need and what PTA students need to learn. And then also as a physical therapist, being open to the fact that you're teaching a physical therapist assistant and not you know, not, um, not criticizing them for choosing that degree versus becoming a physical therapist, because it's not like you become a PTA because you know, you couldn't get into PT school. You become a PTA because that's what you want to be. You want to be a PTA. Um, so I think that that's, you know, kind of what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, and I think, too, just, you know, elaborating on that, when you, I think it'd be great if schools, and maybe they do now, I'm not exactly sure, I haven't seen it here, but having some kind of mentorship environment within, whether it be, you know, we have high school students that come in for an internship, or a support staff, just having an opportunity there to to be a mentor, or seek out mentorship, or even some somewhere in their c- curriculum, they have an area where they really focus on, like, how do I go about it? Like, how do I initiate that? Then what do I do? Like goals, what kind of goals do I set? Just so that they have a better idea coming out of school. Okay, like, this is very important to me. I don't need to just worry about going out in the clinic and knowing how to do a joint move or knowing how to press exercise. I need to go in the clinic and know how to communicate with other PTAs.
1: Yeah, I mean, communication, again, this keeps coming up. is such an important skill to have because... If you, and and if you aren't sure of something, you need to be able to communicate that in a comfortable and professional manner to the person that is either supervising you or the person that's mentoring. And, you know, I know that you've taught many physical therapists and physical therapist students. What are some common trends that you see in PT students when it comes to their knowledge of PTA utilization or skills? And then in reverse, what about PTA students and their knowledge and utilization of physical therapy?
2: Man, I really have seen kind of both where some, we get some PTs that have come in and have had experience either working with a PTA in another clinical or having a PTA when they were a patient themselves versus we get PTs that come in that have absolutely no idea what a PTA does or have very vague knowledge on the skill set of a PTA. So. I've kind of seen it both ways, but but both are very willing and open to to learning more about PTAs, learning how to work with PTAs. Here in our clinic, we make sure when a student comes in that they go through kind of a, a weekly process where they have you know benchmarks that are expected to reach and by you know the last few weeks of their clinical. They are are encouraged, really are pushed to go out there and and learn to utilize the PTA and how to do that, because there is a certain way to go about it where you're, you're working as a, and you're not treating them as inferior, which I feel like a lot of PTAs maybe get where I'm coming from when I say that. I don't know that I've ever felt that in this clinic because I've been so blessed to work with people that are open to working with PTAs, but it's definitely, there's definitely a knack about it, and I know there are some P's that are great and so open to that, and then there's others that are maybe more, a little bit more, Standoffish. I've seen both
1: stuff. And the research on this topic, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily been well studied, but there has been some studies that have been published about PTA utilization. PT, PTA utilization. Um, can you speak on any of the research at all, uh, Alicia? Um, the research that I've seen, it's it's all positive. You know, the research
2: reflects that. You know whether it's a PT mentoring a PT or a PTA mentoring a PTA or a PT mentoring a PTA, but it it really says that there's so much good that comes out of that. That it's very rewarding for both parties. It pushes them to wanna to grow more as a clinician and as a leader. It it, uh, enhances the relationship between both of them. And when you're thinking about why we do what we do, it's called the patient, right? Like we love to help people and and by having a, a great relationship between a PT and a PTA or your patients getting the best, there isn't like, oh, it's way better if I see the PT for this, or I'd really want to see the PTA. Our, I know our patients love in our clinic when they come in and they get to hang out with both of us and they get the best of our skill sets because we know where we, be, where we each thrive in. And so patient's experience is really what's most important and what should be kind of the end goal.
1: How do you think that programs, PT programs specifically, how do you think that they can improve teaching physical therapy students about collaboration with PTA? I even know in my program, I know we have like a lecture or two that covered what a PTA is and how to use them, but like I never used it in clinical. And when I came in, came to Rehab Authority and found out I was working with a PTA. I had everything I learned, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, was from what I learned from you, Alicia. So how can PT programs improve teaching PT students about collaborating and building that great relationship with the PTA?
2: Well, I definitely think it's great that PTAs in school get kind of a basic overview of what PTAs learn in general, you know, kind of the depth that we go in school, what what we can and can't do, you know, just how to avoid over or under utilization of a PTA. But I don't think you really learn it until you get out in the clinic and have an experience either observing a PTA or working with a PTA. So I think number one, you should be open when you go into a clinic to working with a PTA and really learning. And I think first, like we go back to observe, just watch for a while, you know, observe how the how the PTA is. So I think just watch first and and. Take from that, which, which, with what you do with it. So be open to working with the PTA after observing how they practice and then just sit down and talk to PTAs. I think it'd be great if PTAs in the profession had a part of a clinical where they, they had to work with the people or they had to do some sort of. I know there's a lot of programs that do like projects where PTAs get together with a. OTA. I think it'd be great if PTs got together with the PTA. To do some sort of, I don't know, week long, month long, or it's part of a clinical rotation. You have to have that that relationship or something along those lines. I don't think you get it until you really are in it, like you experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I think that you know we never had the experience in school where we worked with the PTA even like on a. I know that there are some programs. I think Saint Kate's is one of these. Um, We have some programs that the PTAs and the PTs come together and they problem solve patient cases together. And in some of the studies that I've read, what they have found is that the PTA, the PT students feel a little uncomfortable because the PTA students who are typically in their last year of school and the PT students who either haven't been on their first to fill or have only been on a limited number of affiliations, the PTA students actually are teaching the PT students. And I think that that might be a good thing. I mean, it's good to to understand that you have limitations and that you need to learn from other professionals, whether it be a physical therapist, a physical therapist assistant, an occupational therapist, or a physician, just being able to work in that team atmosphere is extremely important. And it goes to that communication skill that we were talking about earlier.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you think that the APTA does a good job embracing PTAs? And if You know, why or why not? And if they don't, how can this change? Yeah, I
2: think that the APTA does a great job. And I'm still learning of all the resources out. Even just going on the website, there's you know special sections just for a PTA and um anywhere from like what a PTA PTA is to resources on how to be involved at the APT level. And I think that going to conferences that the APTA holds is a great way to to learn and really realize how embraced PTAs are. So my experience going to my first conference with Stephanie Wyrock at CSM in New Orleans, and then again at PPS in Colorado Springs this year, this past year, I, you go in there as a PTA who has not really met a lot of people in the profession with a PT that knows everybody. I was a little bit apprehensive and I didn't know how I was gonna, gonna like it. I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert, but I didn't know how they would, how they would embrace me as a PTA. And I was really taken aback by how included I felt in that, those circumstances and how many relationships and people that, that I continue to have relationships with and correspond with just in those few experiences. So just realize what the APTA is to offer. I think from what I know, they do a great job, including PTAs. I hope that it's to grow so that PTAs have more of a voice. Um, and I'm continuing to learn. So I, I don't know all there is out there either. So,
1: Yeah, I love what you, what you say, Alicia. I think that, you know, you make a good point on that, on that you, you just have to put yourself out there. I always tell people that, you know, if you can attend an APTA conference, that is where you can really notice the value of your PTA membership and i know that like i hounded on you for years to join APTA and when you finally joined i like was so happy i felt like i felt like uh, my child had graduated from like high school or something it was just like such a proud moment for me and then when i got to take you to my our first conference together and i got to you know i got to introduce you to all my friends you know i just i had talked about you to all the people that I admired and had told them, I was like, oh man, I hope you really get to meet Alicia. She is amazing. She's such a great leader. Um, and then when you got to meet all my friends, they were all like, oh my God, we love Alicia. And you know, even to this day, when I go to a conference, people are always asking about you. So, you know, I would definitely, if you haven't been to an APTA conference, definitely go. If you can go with somebody that, you know, does have a pretty large network so that they can introduce people, that is, Awesome, if you don't have somebody that can introduce people don't be afraid to go up to somebody that you know whose paper that you read or that you admire or even just some random person that you're sitting next to at one of the courses and just introduce yourself because you know i I know that I've met some of my best friends by doing that also I would say if you're not the type of person that wants to go up and meet people and just like introduce yourself, social media is a really great way to kind of um, in to to kind of get to know people without actually having to go up to them and say, hello, my name is, who are you? You know, you, like you can understand that person's story and you have something to talk about then in real life. So, you know, that's kind of my advice, I guess. But going off of that, what advice do you have, Alicia, for PTA students, PT students, when it comes to leadership or career development?
2: I would say students need to seek out collaboration with PTs or PTAs as much as possible. Just be open um, on what you know and what you don't know about PTAs and what they're able to do, what they're passionate about. Just spend, spend some time getting to know the PTA or the PT. Um, PTA students, I think, should start building skills for developing mentorships and relationships during their clinicals, which will easily carry over when they get into profession. And then for clinicians, really sit down and get to know your team. I think it's number one, your team feels valued. I know that in our clinic, we have meetings every week, but then we also have reviews a couple of times a year and we're all very close. So we all have a lot of conversations face to face, but just really get to know your staff and your team and, and that's gonna push them and motivate them to be better for themselves and for your patients and for the whole of the clinic. Learn what your passion is. I think you really need to to self-reflect and figure out what do you love to do? What is it? And we have a new PTA in our clinic. We started right when Stephanie left in May. And you know, that's something we always ask our students and our new employees, what are you passionate about? And she's still figuring it out. I think she I think she knows, but um, it's interesting to see new clinicians evolve and, and then be open to feedback. You always need to, like Stephanie said, put yourself out there, be in a close-knit group or create an environment where you, you are close and that feedback, whether it's good feedback or constructive, you're open and it's two-sided. And I think one thing for PTA to know and I think is pretty unique in our clinic, introduce your PTAs on day one to your patients. If anything that you take back from this Today, if you're a practicing con- clinician, you're currently in a student ro- or in a rotation as a student, go back and on Monday morning, you see a new patient. As you're walking out, if you can't actually introduce them, make sure you mention them. You know, Alicia, this or, this is my PTA Alicia. She's my right-hand girl. You know, we we see, we will both see you a lot and uh, that'll help their trust level start on that day with, you. and they'll just be so much more effective in their, in their, in their their plan and and their outcomes.
1: I think that a lot of, you know, all that advice, Leisha. I think can also be applied to new clinicians or new graduates, whether you're a physical therapist or a physical (coughs) assistant getting ready to go out there and jump into the job market and find that first exciting job that's really going to kickstart your career. So uh, at the end of our podcast, we always ask a standardized question. um, And I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. If you could change one aspect about healthcare education... What aspect would you change and how would you change it? Can you guess what I'm going to say? I don't know. Maybe something about PTA education? (laughs) Um, I would put a higher emphasis
2: on mentorship between PTs and PTAs and how to enhance that relationship. I would also highly encourage teaching the benefits for patients and for your clinic as a whole on an effective PTA team. In our clinic, we have two PT PTA teams and our patients really love the different treatment approach and personalities that are involved in their care. They get the best of both worlds. Um, Mentorship is just something we value greatly here and I value greatly and I know that Stephanie does and I'm very thankful for all of her help and guidance in my journey. And it's really emphasized with all of our students and all of our employees. It just the research says that mentorship shows that it provides great positive results for both the mentor and the mentee, just to me it's a no brainer
1: yeah, and it positive response in patient care it sounds like too, so I know that people are going to have questions for you, Alicia, because you know a lot of what you said today I think has inspired a lot of people. I think your story is really interesting, especially how you went from you know being a new clinician, not really knowing you know what the profession has to offer to now having the world open. The world is your oyster, as they say. So if people want to contact you, how can they reach out to you via email or social media?
2: Oh, Stephanie, my social media queen. She also taught me so much in that, and I'm still trying to figure it out. By my email, and you can always email me uh, here at Rehab Authority. It's just Alicia Backer at rehabauthority.com.
1: You can also find me on Facebook or on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, for this wonderful conversation. Thank you to St. Kate's University for partnering with us today on this podcast episode. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast.
0: Access to healthcare is one of the largest issues facing both providers and patients, as millions of people worldwide lack timely and affordable access to healthcare. Anywhere healthcare. A telehealth platform is a simple, low-cost option for providers and patients that eliminates the barriers to access to all kinds of healthcare. To find out more, check out anywhere.healthcare, which is available on our show notes. And if you use the code HET, in all caps, when you email to sign up, you'll save 25% off the total cost. Thank you for attending class today, and we hope that you learned something and gained value from the content. If you'd like to schedule office hours with us, feel free to add us on Twitter at
2: HETpodcast, on Instagram, HETpodcast, on Facebook, the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, and the homepage,
0: healthcareeducationtransformationpodcast.com. And for those of you following along in the syllabus... Extra credit can be obtained by liking us, sharing us, and leaving a review.
2: Let's continue our journey up Mount Educational Success as lifelong
1: learners.